0: The blast from our past network. Cardi! Right. Cardi!
1: Right. Hello, oh. Newman.
0: This is so fing <laughs> good! Nothing for you! These pretzels are making me thirsty! Not that there's anything wrong with that. It's
1: now! He's a re gifter! Well, let's start the insanity. Giddy up. Welcome to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are two super fans giving you every episode of Seinfeld back-to-back because we love it and we know you love it too. Otherwise, you would not be listening to two randos talking about Seinfeld. One of these randos is named Adam. And the other one is Corey. (laughs) And in this episode, we are going to be talking, well, we're going to be talking not one, but technically two episodes, we're going to be talking about season three, episode 17 and 18, which is cumulatively titled The Boyfriend, and sometimes also called The New Friend. And it aired on February 12th, 1992. Uh, Corey, would you give us the long synopsis for this long episode?
0: All right. So, yeah, The Boyfriend slash The New Friend. Jerry's friendship with his baseball idol Keith Hernandez makes him act like the two of them are dating. Kramer and Newman despise Hernandez for having spit on them after a game, though Jerry suspects the involvement of a second spitter. Jerry gets jealous when Keith begins dating Elaine. George schemes for an unemployment extension by lying about his job interview with the fictitious Vandalay Industries and dating his counselor's daughter.
1: Yeah, okay, that was a long <laughs>
0: synopsis. <laughs> that was, I think, the longest synopsis we've ever yeah. done.
1: So this is our first two-part episode that we have come across in this podcast. Um, there are a couple others that happen. Um, other, Another two-parter is the pilot, not talking about the pilot episode of the series, but talking about the two episodes entitled The Pilot, where they're talking about the pilot, Jerry. The highlights episode. Uh, at a hundred, is two different episodes. The bottle deposit is another two parter, and the clip show at the end, and then the finale is also another one. So there's there's actually more two parters in this show than I thought there that I remembered.
0: And it's interesting because this is presented as one full episode on Hulu. So it's not even mm-hmm. aired now as two parts. It's it's aired as one. And even on the DVD box set that I have, it lists them as episodes 15 and 16 even though they are one like mm-hmm. show, one episode on in the box set itself. So to this Honestly, I don't even consider this a two-parter. I mean, even though it is, the runtime is it is a two-parter, but yeah. it's weird. Even now it just it's not I don't even in my head think of it as a two-parter anymore.
1: And I think that's probably because we watched Seinfeld more in syndication on yeah. like TBS or other stuff where they didn't play these in full hour. You know, they would this would this would split up and this show or this this episode I Totally noticed, like where it can easily be ended, and then it picks back up later. Um, similar, like all the other ones, I'm sure. So it can stay in its 30 minute slot, you know, in syndication. Um, but they did air this back to back; it aired on the same day back in '92. So you know, I guess I don't know why they did that, but you know, they have a couple of them, and it is interesting.
0: Yeah, um, and yeah, and Larry David uh, during like you know the making of this one, it, it's there's no spoilers or anything. He just was basically like. It was one of those things where like they had just they either were, had to go a full hour or they were going to have to pull back like they were in this weird middle mm-hmm. ground and he's like okay but if we're going to commit to the full hour we have to actually add some more stuff to it and the stuff that they added was was Elaine dating Keith Hernandez um but like at, at its first inception it was like it was like you know a, a like, 35 pages, whereas it should have been, like, you know, the 22-page limit, and they're like, well, mm-hmm. crap, do we do we pull back or do we go forward? And they decided to go forward, and yeah. they, they gave me the okay with that. So I was like, okay, that's cool. Um, I, I do think it works really well as one episode, though, versus, like, being broken up like that.
1: I fully agree. And we'll, yeah. we'll talk more about that in our yeah. final, you know, um, you know, conclusions or whatnot. But, uh, all right, let's start off with our scene breakdown. And, per usual, we start off with a scene at the stand-up about people at the gym.
0: This one I thought was kind of funny. It's like you go to the gym, you see these people like they're all working out and they're getting in shape, but no one's getting in shape for actually anything for like any reason whatsoever. They're just getting in shape to survive the next workout, and it's it's almost like a a cycle. He's like we you know we work out to get in shape to do our exercises essentially. And he says the other thing he doesn't get is he's like why are we so careful about locking up our, our sweaty jock straps and gym shorts when you know I'll go to anybody with a a red jacket on and toss in my keys if they're outside of a restaurant. And be like park my car, meaning like mm-hmm. he's just so haphazard, like with his keys, but with his you know his nasty gym shorts, you know, and everything, uh, you know you put those in a locker that you know that it has a lock that can survive being shot by a bullet you know and i was like okay but you're not locking up your smelly gym shorts yeah. you're locking up your license and your wallet and stuff wallet you don't and your the- and your
1: car keys and all that stuff
0: yeah so I, and and again I thought the f- I thought it was funny comparing it to be like, oh, yeah, and then I've got no problem tossing the keys to some guy wearing a red jacket to my car, you know, without checking for credentials or something. But what he was using that to compare it to with the gym locker thing just doesn't really it doesn't really work. But I like the first part of this of like, why are, why is everyone getting in shape? They're getting in shape to, to so they can survive their next workout, which is I, I thought huh. that was funny.
1: So I think they should have just killed the second half of this stand-up. I didn't think – yeah, I didn't think the first half was all that funny either because, like, I don't try to get into shape so I can keep working out. I try and get in shape so I can, like, tone down and not have to work out as much and so I can eat bad food and not feel like I'm a terrible, terrible person. Like, right now, I'm going to feel like I'm I'm a fatty bobatty. And so (laughs) if I eat, like, that donut, then it's going to make me feel like I'm a dumb fucking failure. But if I'm, like – if I've got a six-pack and I have a donut, I'll be like – well that's no big deal. This isn't gonna kill my six pack, this one donut. Now I'm like I'm 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 one step from that bridge of uh heart attack and, and stroke, I'm sure. <laughs> so I'm trying to reel myself back in, man.
0: Well, and you know it's funny, uh A don't jinx it, man. I need you around, buddy. <laughs> um but B it's funny. I think that that joke is written from the standpoint of someone who doesn't really gain a lot of weight, uh, like Jerry, mm-hmm. like, and it's, it, it actually gets established later. Although, you know, he does gain weight. He just changes the, the number on his pants size later. But the joke is, I think Jerry is one of those people that, yeah, he can kind of eat whatever he wants and not really cares. And, and I don't think he has to battle the things that you and I, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the huskier type, uh, uh, physiques, you know, the Georges, you yeah. know, we're, we're both taller than George yeah. and both of us have more hair, but you yes. know, Oh, we both have full hair yeah we're but but you know jerry's definitely the kind of guy and so i think that that's you know can kind of eat whatever the hell he wants doesn't have to work out and kind of pretty much maintain the same weight so that's i think that's just his observation of being like what's the deal with these people doing stuff don't they just stay yeah. skinny
1: normally you know maybe maybe back in 1992 people were more like jerry but now people are like us you know we're a we're an entire country of fatty bo and yeah. so none of us get that joke anymore yeah exactly all right, we, we that's probably one of the longest we've spent on an opening, <laughs> an opening uh, stand-up. All right, let's get into the episode because we've got a lot of episode to get through. Uh, we're at the YMCA. Jerry, George, and Kramer are hold, talking about they just hold played on, some basketball. Buckaroo,
0: <laughs> you can't skip the the most glaring thing right in the opening shot. The the title the card. YMCA? The first time we get the boyfriend. It says in quotes the boyfriend. It's the first I didn't time- notice that. Yeah, dude, it's uh it's the first time they ever use a, a title card in a shot, like the name of the episode in huh. the shot. Did you you also watch this on Hulu? Yeah, yeah.
1: I just I just don't remember that. Okay. My bad.
0: Yeah. No, no, I mean, yeah, you might I mean it was literally in the instant establishing shot uh. and you were probably just, you know, what's the point of like looking, right? And then you just look, yeah, I wasn't looked paying up attention. right when it was right when it was fading away essentially, but it said right there the boyfriend. I was like, "Oh." And then, cause then I was like, did they always say the name? You know, because like did my they, stupid did they, stoner brain. But no, I looked at it. They uh, might have on, said
1: it with the Seinfeld Chronicles, you think?
0: May, maybe, but in on IMDb. But that, at the time, that was the show. Yeah, and but on IMDb, it says yeah. this is the first time they they use a title card. Okay.
1: And you just trust IMDb? Well, I, yeah. yeah, we're not going to do any I, more research. I, I, tr- other I trust than just my blindly eyes trusting to, That
0: I, I did trust my own eyes to see the title card. So <laughs> that's fine.
1: I'm just joking. Love IMDb. You guys can all look me up on IMDb. I'm, I'm a fancy pants. Uh, anyway, um, so they're talking about basketball that they just played. George is apparently a chucker. Uh, you know, anytime they just they pass to him, he just throws it up. and goes for a shoot and a shot, no matter where he is. Um, I love Kramer. Has, there's this whole discussion about sneaking a peek uh, that he mentions that it's the first time that they've seen each other naked and uh, that he mentions that he snuck a peek and George for as much of a homophobe as George has been in the past, you would think he would dodge this completely, but they kind of, Wrote him into, you know, sneaking a peek, which I thought was kind of uh, inconsistent with previous George. I feel like he would be so insecure that there's no way he would have said he snuck a peek. He would have been like, "No, no, 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 not me. He would have done it, but then never admitted to it.
0: Right. I I agree with you. It's almost like I thought it was reversed with the the beach. Like I don't think Jerry would ever smell Kramer's arm. And you know, I thought mm-hmm. that would should be like a couple episodes ago should've been reversed. This is the yeah, same yeah. thing. This is the same thing. I almost felt like Jerry would have been the one to be like, "Eh, I stuck a little peek," yeah, you know?" Okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he wouldn't have cared and then exactly. Uh but uh, they see keith hernandez is there uh like they, they lead in with the oh yeah you know he's a real smart guy he's a civil war buff which george talks about oh he wants to be a buff at something then we get jerry with the line oh so biff wants to be a buff uh <laughs> and you know biff Loman that callback to death of a salesman that neither of us have seen or read um, but apparently he's just a famous loser in uh pop culture
0: yeah, yeah, so, yep, and this is, yep. uh, I think we get another
1: one later, but we'll we will get to that. Yep, um, so, and George just kind of very briefly sets up that he needs to go to the unemployment office to get an extension on his unemployment, uh, he just kind of mentions it uh, briefly here, uh, so Jerry wants to go say hi to... Uh, Keith Hernandez and we get a nice little kind of back and forth on Jerry's celebrity on if he's a big enough guy a big enough celebrity to for someone to say hi to him yet which you know we've kind of talked we kind of mentioned that earlier that in like these earlier seasons Jerry is a comedian but he's not as quite of a big established comedian as we get later on like later on he's been on the Tonight Show multiple times you know he's definitely much more of a successful you know famous comedian later Um, but right now we're kind of in like the the midst of him kind of rising up he's been on the tonight show he mentioned yeah. it out but it's probably not as many times as, as later where he gets more and more he's he's um, on the rise right now yeah definitely uh and we get you know that setup uh the punchline comes when keith hernandez comes over and says hi introduces himself because jerry was so worried about you know going saying hi to him keith says hi to jerry's like oh i'm a big fan of your comedy blah 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 um that's that's you know that's well done that's funny well and I, um, and I, I love
0: that he actually Keith Hernandez says he likes the bit
1: about Jimmy Olsen yes yeah, I, I was, was like, going to call that out because it's a little superman reference I was like yeah,
0: yeah. dude and first off that that endeared me to uh, Keith Hernandez cuz I was like ah yeah, yeah Keith Hernandez is a nerd too <laughs> but again I love it I love that Jerry's just I love the whole world here how much they love comic books and we've we've talked about it before but if you guys are new listeners like it was like dude growing up at this time like no other sitcoms were like talking about fucking comic book characters you know, and to like actually mm-hmm. hear adults like like this kind of stuff. And it was right at the same time, like where we you know, clerks was just about to hit also. And like this whole like I don't think it's I don't know, technically started with Seinfeld, but Seinfeld mm-hmm. definitely helped open the door to like nerd culture being like fine and mainstream and, yeah. and liking yeah, Superman and shit, you know.
1: You're right. You're right. I mean, nerd culture was around before this. Obviously, you know we had oh yeah Howard the Duck in the '80s. You know, Batman. Batman was probably a big thing as well because that became you know that was one of the first big like comic book blockbuster movies was the 1989 Batman, and that probably helped pave the way to uh, to um, well. I, I take that back. Let's go back even further to Superman. That was a pretty big big blockbuster. But yeah. you know they weren't they weren't huge huge. You know, um, and then yeah this this helped it. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, the way you put it, like it helped it become like a sitcom norm to be okay to be nerdy to where we got to the point where like Big Bang Theory where it's a whole series of people who are just nerds and like a couple hotties and – then that show became, like, the biggest show in the world for a little time, similar yeah. enough to this. So, yeah, and it's, dude, okay. I
0: mean, as a nerd growing up in the 80s, man, I can tell you, like, you go to com- you went to comic book conventions, nary a female was there. It was all dudes, yeah. and it smelled really bad. And now you go uh, to any comic <laughs> oh, book yeah. convention, and it's Oof. at least 50-50, you know? And it's like, yeah. and, and it's just, it's crazy. It's really, really cool. So I'm, and I'm happy about it. I think it's awesome. But as a kid watching this show... Not, you know, I never had a problem. I never got really picked on in high school or anything like that. But it was nice to see that I was like, oh, I was like, I got that reference. Jimmy Olsen, he just referenced Superman. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, mm-hmm. hey, I get that. It it just felt like it was more for us.
1: Yep. So, um and I wanted to call out, as I'm, you know, I mentioned Big Bang Theory. That's not going to be the last time I mentioned that show in this episode. And uh, I'll let you know why later.
0: I think I actually so. know why. And I've never seen an episode of Big Bang Theory before in my oh,
1: life. Oh, okay. All right. Well, we'll wait till that moment. Uh, All right. So um, I, one thing I love, you know how much I love dark humor. I love George's weird conversation about, oh, with all the planes that different baseball teams are using, you'd surprise there aren't any more crashes that, you know, there's not more teams that die (laughs) in fiery blazing plane crashes. I, right at this moment, I'm cracking up. I'm just like, "Oh fuck, George, you're so r- ridiculous." Like, he doesn't know what the hell to say anything at the right time. Um, but I, I love that point.
0: I, I so did I, too. I, just, I more so, yeah. I love Jerry's reaction to it, yeah. just like the look of just <laughs> well, horror on his face when George is he's, that. Because he's
1: he's trying to impress Keith Hernandez at this point. I mean, their their relationship immediately starts off as a parody of a guy likes a girl. You know, I mean, or a guy likes another guy, whatever it, some romantic relationship, this is starting off as a parody of that, yeah, um, where you know someone likes someone and you get kind of nervous, oh, how do I talk to him? I see this other person over at the bar, or you know at this party, or something like, oh my God, they're so cute, I don't know what to say this is that's exactly what we're getting immediately, and then you get that one awkward friend, and he's like. Don 't fuck this up for me man yeah. <laughs> and that's it, what he think George is doing
0: and so. and and Jerry Seinfeld's real the actor real life like love and admiration for Keith Hernandez uh, really sort of shines through in this episode I was mm-hmm. watching the making of uh, there wasn't too much you know special about this episode other than Jerry's like I-, I was nervous to go meet him for the first time you know like we're gonna go <laughs> talk about it. he's like he in the whole thing about him wearing the shirt that comes later uh, that's from him being like what do i wear to go meet keith hernandez because Keith hernandez and and i think it's i I like it because i think you can see it genuinely on his face when he's like you're keith hernandez you know you can see it on jerry seinfeld's face and i like that it's it's endearing i i very much enjoy that
1: yeah i mean keith hernandez played quite a bit like um i mean he was trying to think how many seasons he played in the uh in major league baseball but it was Pretty. I mean, he was an MVP in 79 and he played like up until like the mid to late 80s. So he played until 1990. So he played from 74 to 1990. That's a 16 year career. Like that Damn. is. Wow. That, I mean, yeah, that is. uh, It's impressive.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm And I'm not a baseball guy.
1: No wonder he can afford a three inch thick marble table. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But he
0: can't <laughs> afford movers
1: yeah exactly. what a dick uh all right, so Jerry and Keith make a mandate, and um of course, at that time, they weren't really called mandates, like now you know maybe maybe in part due to this episode and just you know more of this kind of thing being you know less less of an issue like oh uh oh, you know like when when Corey and I. First met, we met through a friend, and we we're like, "Hey, you like podcasts? I like podcasts too. You want to go hang out and talk?" Like, boom, we made a mandate. You know, it's, similar kind of stuff.
0: Yep this this episode just hits on so it hits true <laughs> on so many things when it comes to this thing and. Uh, I mean, I'll save it more for later, but I'll tell you now, I still think about it all the time. And anytime I make a new guy friend, it's like mm-hmm. this. It's like, well, and I think when you and I maybe went to hang out for the first time, I was like, what should I wear? I, I thought a little <laughs> bit. I was like, I, like, I got to wear a cool shirt. I want to, like, you know, impress him with yeah. something that's neat or something. It, it's stupid, yeah, but it's funny and it works. And it works because it's what guys kind of actually well, think, yeah. but you don't actually never yes. sort of heard it until now.
1: Yeah, very true all right we cut to monks and jerry you know is upset about you know he hasn't called keith keith hasn't called him in a while obviously continuing that parody um you know it's uh it's funny elaine is you know pushing just just call him she is i guess not really the voice of sanity um but she is kind of like the audience in this in this episode at least for these parts where she's like jerry it's a guy who cares um you know she's kind of being that um just kind of I would say being the audience or being like that, you know, what the hell, what's wrong with you kind of voice. But, uh, you know, it's all it's all very very confusing to Jerry at this moment. He doesn't not really know what's going on with his feelings and his his emotions and his hormones, if you will. <laughs> yeah, so, and
0: and she, yeah. oh man! By the way, real quick before we jump into that stand up, mm-hmm. um, I, I was did you notice that she had an ashtray on the table that she moved? I was like, man, the I early nineties. That is subtle.
1: Holy shit, that's subtle though. Yeah. Um, because of of how how the episode ends with how she breaks yep. up with Keith. That is very I did not notice it that's great
0: yeah and wow, it, fuck
1: fuck that's good yeah yeah and the funny thing is I was more
0: tracking it because I was like, ah the early 90s what a different time mm. but uh yeah, you're right I didn't even until you just said it yep that's that's a nice little uh indication of where things are gonna go yeah. later totally good good call makes it even better yeah. bro that's that's I'm glad well, I brought it up
1: that's <laughs> That's teamwork. I wouldn't. I didn't notice it. And so yeah. now that you did it, I think of it that way. All right. And, yeah. So <laughs> now we cut to a stand-up about meeting new friends. Yeah, this one is,
0: I think, very, very – as someone who is older than 30, I think this is very yeah. applicable. And he says, uh, when you're in your 30s, it's hard to make um, new friends. Whatever group you got, that's what you're stuck with, which I thought that was kind of funny. Um, <laughs> and, and maybe it also speaks true Like, nah, – I'll, I'll mention it in a second. Um, so whatever group you're with that's who you got uh when you meet a new guy at the gym you're like look you know i'm, I'm sure you're very nice but we're not hiring right now he's mm-hmm. like uh but of course when you're a kid you know you can be friends with anybody he's like if someone says they like cherry coke you're like i like cherry coke too we're gonna be best <laughs> friends and yeah that's all you need and uh it's funny because the the first part about ringing true about you know your the friends are who you have and that's who you got it's like that comes from someone I think who hasn't moved outside of their away from like where they grew up because I, I, you know, Jerry and Jerry, obviously him and George are living in the city, but they grew up in the city, grew up near the city or Mm -hmm. Queens or whatever. Um, You and I both know that when you move to another state and you actually have to try to make friends, that's that's also that is the hard part. And that is true. But yeah, you're not stuck with the ones you got. You can actually make new ones. Um, But I think that's definitely the perspective of someone
1: who hasn't moved outside of their comfort zone. Yeah. Uh, It's a very valid discussion. And I think that is a very intelligent point (laughs) that you you brought up. Well, done. thank you. (laughs) Well done. Uh, All right, so we're at George's uh, unemployment hearing at the Department of Labor, and he's lying through his teeth, uh, you know, trying to get this lady to keep his unemployment benefits. And, you know, he's talking about where he's been searching for work. He brings up Vandalay Industries, uh, which, you know, we love Art Vandalay and Vandalay name in general. Now, it's not an architecture firm, which is interesting. Uh, You know, he could have said an architecture firm, and he is like, you know, being an apprentice or I don't know – secretary or some shit, but they probably wouldn't have accepted secretary because back in that day they only hired women as as (laughs) like office people like that. Um, But they're latex manufacturers, you know, for selling and, you know, the general distribution. He's going to be a latex salesman. That's what he was going to be. Yeah. Um, And, you know, when this lady starts talking about, oh, where's the address? He goes, the address is uh, (laughs) the address is and he said, oh, Jose Jimenez. Do you remember that? And I'm like, No, I don't remember that. What the fuck is Jose Jimenez? So I went and checked it out. Apparently, uh, Jose Jimenez is a fictional character created and performed by comedian Bill Dana on The Steve Allen Show in 1959 and became increasingly popular in the 1960s. Um, It was like this Hispanic stereotype character. Basically, it was, you know, back in the day when... America would easily laugh over a white guy doing a stereotypical racist voice impression. Right. That's exactly what it was, right, 100%. Gotcha. You know, he he was talking in like a Hispanic accent yeah. where you can't really understand everything he says. And it's hilarious, um, which sometimes I think everything should be made fun of. Absolutely, sometimes that is hilarious. But I I listened to some of this stuff and I was like, that's really not that funny. Now, granted, it was like '50s, '60s humor where a lot of that shit's not funny. Some of it is, you know, uh, but not that. I just thought it was just like this is not that it was like overtly. uh, It didn't offend me, but I was just like. It's just, isn't that funny? It's just, he's speaking with a Hispanic accent. That's not funny. <laughs> and, and it's almost like one of the, the B- bazooka Joe
0: things where yeah, it's, yeah. it's like old school, you know, we kind of didn't really get it or whatever, but it gives you a little insight. Whoever was writing it, you know, threw that out there or whatever. Yeah. Maybe, who knows, maybe Jason Alexander would do that off stage or something. But yeah, I did. I did. I was like, no, oh, that's,
1: that's not funny when he was doing it. No. Agreed. Uh, and also because we just, yeah, we did not get it. So. Um, so George gives Jerry's apartment and he gives the phone number, Jerry's phone number also for Vandalay Industries. And and did you notice Um, what Jerry's phone number was? Well, it was KL5 and then I didn't know what the list was. Yeah, yeah, what the fuck's the KL5 shit? Is that like a New York thing? Well, well, kind of, but um, that's a throwback to way back in the day where letters, you know, ABC, uh... D E F and ever were on one two three four right. five well, six. Yeah, I, I know that, Both. but I've never
0: heard of anyone refer to to unless it's like on a, a call in show or something. I've never yeah. heard anyone do that when they refer to some like a friend's phone number.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, because it is. I mean, J K five is just five five five, right? And yeah. we all know that five 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 is the fake TV phone number. Um, that's what people give out. Now it must be a, a New England uh or maybe not new england i i always get confused about what is new england what to new york, whatever it must be a new york or you know northeastern thing where you say that jk whatever or or maybe you use some of the letters but um yeah it is just 555 that's all, that's all that's all i knew about it so yeah yeah and, it, I mean, it wasn't familiar to me
0: yeah no i just i was i was like taking notes or looking down and i looked up and i was like did he just say kl5 what you know yeah. but yeah that that was i was like okay that's well, yeah, that's KL5. weird but sure whatever
1: So, all right. Uh, So George rushes, you know, out of that, trying to get a hold of Jerry, so he can answer and or so he can, you know, start answering his phone as Vandalay Industries. Uh, He gets to a phone booth. Humorously, he throws this kid off of the phone, like this teenager, um, to try and call. But Kramer's on the phone, so he doesn't answer. He ends, actually ends up answering and then hanging up on George, which is humorous. Yeah, it's, um, it's great, cause especially because you can hear what George
0: is saying. He's like yeah. Kramer, Kramer, down. and then you know, like yeah. right in mid, yeah. like oh, you know,
1: it gets clicked off. <laughs> and and Kramer's not having an important conversation; he's talking no. about like golf shit. Yeah, know? no, he's he, an he's asshole. Not. <laughs> um, but this is the scene where George or where Jerry has his Paisley shirt on and he's like, is this is this a nice enough shirt to to wear for Keith? And I can tell you it is not. It's a hideous looking shirt.
0: Yeah, it's in what Kramer says is true. It is way too fucking busy.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Very much so. Um so Kramer mentions that, you know, their friends Michael and Carol, um you know, are out and you got to go see the baby. You got to go see the baby, Dude, which we'll I, get. We'll get. Can later. I
0: say that, that this scene has now taken on a new life in 2020 post, uh, <laughs> baby Yoda and the Mandalorian. Cause uh-huh. now everybody goes online and they post memes saying, gotta see the baby. And then it's the man, it's the baby Yoda or whatever. But this whole gotta see the baby has, has taken on a, a whole new meme life this year.
1: Nice. Well, it's a it's a I mean it is anytime I see a baby, I think of either this line, you gotta see the baby, or I will say the line to my wife, that baby is breathtaking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when I yeah. mean it is not, <laughs> it's a hideous baby. Yeah. Um so when Jerry mentions that he's talking about his shirt to Kramer and that it's for Keith Hernandez, you know, in Pop's Newman I'm so glad we get Newman in this episode love I mean he, he has a short little pit but he's great
0: and it's instantaneously and it happens yeah. later too it's it's um om- that's the yep. joke that he just instantly whenever someone mentions Keith Hernandez he just teleports there
1: and I loved yeah. it to no end. <laughs> yeah yep it works fantastically um but they're upset uh Kramer and Newman do not like Keith Hernandez you know for some reason um then uh we kind of cut back. We get a lot of cuts back and forth in this episode of like, you know, you're getting one person here and then you're getting Jerry or you're getting Jerry's story and then Elaine's story and then Kramer's story and then whatever and then uh George's. But here we're at George in a cab. I always thought this was funny, a funny little scene of him telling the cab driver where to go until ultimately the cab driver's pissed off at him and he just literally, you know, just jumps <laughs> on him and like throws him out of the cab.
0: <laughs> I know. And as a once yep lift driver back in Los Angeles, I can relate <laughs> yeah. to that cab driver more than anybody. Yeah.
1: Which you you did for a few years, man. Like the how you kept well, I was about to say how you kept sanity, but knowing how not sane you are, uh Yeah <laughs> Just how, yeah, how did you not go out killing everybody?
0: Yeah, no, it's uh, it's the reason that my car, the inside of the car that does, I do not have a visor over the, the driver's side because as I was sitting in traffic, I think in Silver Lake, no one was in the car with me, but I was just pissed at this point. I just let out the most blood curdling scream. I bit it with my teeth and I ripped it out <laughs> of the ceiling roof area and then I proceeded to punch a hole in one of my vents in the front of my vents a, a la batman and batman returns when he's trying to punch through the bottom of the batmobile i did that at a stoplight with everyone around me watching me the guy in the car next to me he looked at me with just the the horror that you that old jerry had you know and everything he looked at me in just pure horror and i'm like this is you pal this is going to be you in a few more years and it's just like that's how i survived my friend i didn't survive
1: that's why we got out of LA my man
0: yeah buddy I couldn't be fucking happier my man
1: (laughs) good alright so Newman and Kramer despised Keith Hernandez they tell their Hernandez tale and we get a Zabruder film parody this uh, this is a fantastic one of my favorite moments in Seinfeld Um, uh, you know we get this whole thing about Newman and Kramer that they were spit on I love that they use this kind of You know, old style footage. Uh, Jerry then comes in and they're all parodying the JFK film, you know, where he's kind of uh, Kevin Costner and he's doing the whole, you know, oh, this loogie uh, or this, you know, spit came here. It bounced off there. It made a it stopped in midair, mind you, and then turned and landed on his like left thigh. It's called, you know, it's it's the magic loogie theory, which obviously is a play on the magic bullet theory. Um, and talking about, you know, his head, if he was spit, it's going back into the left, back in, all of this is a parody of the JFK movie, which came out in 1999, um, no, which is very po- I haven't seen that in forever or no, yeah. sorry 1991 yeah yeah, I was gonna, um, that's yeah, yeah it yeah. came out that's the, what I was, sorry
0: yeah I think it was still like was the year was, before this yeah it's still popular When this was
1: film yeah 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 um, which is I mean, it's a very good film um, but it's just this is a great scene and then again revisiting it later is yeah. just it's it's perfection
0: yeah it's it's it, I mean we have to talk about it now we can't I can't save it to the yeah. end like it is. It's amazing. Uh, uh, Just everything you said, everything you said, I'll just add to it in the fact that uh, on the making of they, they talk about, you know, they didn't know if this was going to work or whatever, whatnot. Mm -hmm. And I always find that, that interesting because now we know that it's such an iconic piece of Seinfeld history. It's, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it works perfectly that it's hard to even think that at one point in time, the creators were like, is this going to actually work? But like, it's, it's like you know what it is. It's almost like Bookman, right? It's almost like the the book yeah. police guy. Everything in this scene is landing Perfect. so perfectly. Jerry's deliveries are landing. Um, you know
1: the way Newman Kramer is standing. and Newman's reactions. The, I want to make like, yeah yeah the way
0: that they sorry work sorry I didn't it. mean to
1: step on your toes. It's, it's no. oh, oh it's, it gets me excited.
0: <laughs> and it's and, and it's what's great is like Kramer is a character and an actor that that moves around a lot. So to actually have him standing still while Jerry's doing all this, and according to the making of... The first take was the one that they used Like they, they just nailed nice. it on the first Take and Jer- Jerry said Like when he went into the back of the like Outside you know after the scene was done He was like oh my god like that was like We did it that was awesome you know he like he knew It worked and uh, it did like I Just it's so weird to think that they even were Hesitant uh, about it mm-hmm. And they just you know they said how they How they also created uh, That scene or the film stock Look is that they filmed it and then They basically they took the film And they they exposed it, and then they basically took it into the hallway and just balled it up, threw it around, like basically (laughs) had fun playing with the film. Then they spooled it back in, and then add some like chroma and beefed beefed it up. But that gave Uh it that that uh, that you know that old look. The the film was actually beat up and everything. But they filmed that on like you know straight up new film stock. They just did some shit, and and by shit I mean they literally just threw it around (laughs) to give it that. (laughs) But I was like, that's what's cool, man. That's what fucking makes it work is because they and then the camera angles that they pick. And Mm -hmm. all this kind of stuff. Dude, it is just, I'm I'm watching it, and the only word I can use to describe is riveted. I'm just riveted by it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, In Russia's George telling them that he needs to answer, Jerry needs to answer his phone as Fandelay Industries. Um, I absolutely love that Jerry just immediately kind of like calmly accepts this, and he's just like, you know, he kind of just goes along with it right away, and he's like, uh huh, I see. Okay, so I'm Fandelay interested. Hmm interesting you know he just he dives in he knows obviously at this point George and his ridiculousness and everything, and he just kind of goes along with it. <laughs> He's gonna, and it'll come back and, and have a great payoff in a little oh, bit.
0: One of the one of the best payoffs ever. But <laughs> yeah. you know me, buddy. I love it when George comes running in with his hair sticking <laughs> yeah. straight up, like he did with the. Uh, <laughs> I love it, like the up. other side. Yeah, the other side episode. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Dude. Yeah. I love dis- disheveled George is my favorite George.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. When he did the. Uh, he was doing the car parking and the switching yep. seat. Yeah, the switching. Yeah, that's perfect. Uh, all right, so Jerry and Elaine leave to go meet with Keith. Um, we get some. Uh, we we they they leave, but like we get just Jerry and Keith in the car together, and we get some internal monologue, which happens, you know, every now and then in the show. I thought it wasn't happening all that much, but as we're talking about it, I realized it happens plenty <laughs> in the show, and this is a great use of it. Um, you know, he's we we see him um just just freaking out like oh my god you know what what do you need to um you know what should i do and how should i react to keith and it works really really well yeah. um and i mean keith, he, i do like a i like that well
0: a we know that it's it's the building block to a joke that's going to come later with Keith and Al- Elaine, mm-hmm. but it's yeah. here's what's great about this scene. It still works perfectly as a joke in that moment right there because in that yep. moment right there, it's a joke on the whole date thing and everything, but we don't know if it's the first time watching it. We don't know it's actually a layer to add on to later. And that right there I think is just fantastic fucking writing. But going back to what what you said very early on, uh, I, I kind of had the same – I came to the same conclusion you did in this episode. I was like, you know what? I think in general there's more voiceover in Seinfeld than than we probably remembered. But – I think most of it works I think the problem was was that the first time we got it it was the worst time we've ever had it yeah. you know and that yeah, was what was so jarring about it whereas this this works just fine and then later when like Keith Hernandez does it I think he does a fantastic fucking job with it too like voiceovers like like monologue voiceovers as we know but also in other shows and movies too they can land horribly but they actually pull mm-hmm. them off fairly well in this show
1: well agreed well agreed uh, so I do like Keith, uh, you know, they're, they're trying to figure out, oh, another, another mandate for them to do. Uh, and he talks about, oh, have you seen JFK, which we had just saw that entire scene earlier, which we talked about how much we loved. And it's just, it's a funny reference to that. Um, and Keith then asks about Elaine, you know, and, oh, he wants to give her a call. And you can kind of see Jerry is uh, a little upset about it. He's like, wait, well, you know, he, he likes Keith. He wants that relationship to be the main relationship. He doesn't want Elaine to get muddled into this whole thing. Yeah. He doesn't want he doesn't so. want Keith to just become the boyfriend that he's friends with. Exactly. So, all right, we are at Jerry's apartment, and Jerry and George, you know, they talk about, you know, the the hangout that he had with Keith. Um, and you know, it's it's very much continued. It's a play on first dates. You know, they're talking about it as if, you know, it's two people, and they're kind of pretending as if it's I don't know, as if it's two Girls to females talking about, you know, the guy that they just went out with. Um, and I, I, I mean, I want to be extremely sincere on this, where they could, they could do this joke as, oh, it's a guy hanging out with another guy and make it as like a relationship joke. They could do this very poorly if they did it, you know, to push on gay relationships and like pushing too harshly on that. I don't think. They, they they don't, you know, make it a bad gay stereotype joke at all. They play it perfectly where, you know, Jerry is straight and he's just, you know, nervous about meeting this guy and he's just tying it in with the whole first relationship thing that just because it's two guys, it doesn't make it. It's not funny because it's two guys. That's not it. You know, it, it's like, oh, two guys being in a quote unquote relationship here isn't funny. It's funny because of the way they play it and just how awkward Jerry is about it. And we know, you know, that he's just trying to find a friend and it's relating so well with it's you know, it's becoming a quote unquote kind of like almost romantic y relationship. It's parodying that, but it doesn't it doesn't at all, in my opinion, become offensive for gay relationships. And I think they tow that line so fantastically in this episode.
0: I 100% agree with you. Um, and obviously this is way before, not that there's anything wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're a hundred percent right because it's not, Parodying gay relationships, it's parodying yeah. the relationship of of you know a straight male and female couple, and he's just Jerry's just changing it, you know. It, so they're never even kind of tapping into like it, it being sort of a gay thing, even though even when Elaine mm-hmm. says it's just he's just a guy, yeah, it's like he they never even say anything like it. No, there's anything wrong with that. It's just they don't even yeah. bring it there and. I think that's what works so well about it. I th- like you said everything about it. They, they don't cross, I don't think that they cross any lines. No. I think it's absolutely played perfectly. I
1: everything yeah. you said is completely correct. I'm I'm with you there, hundred percent. Cool. All right. Uh, so Lane comes up. Apparently Keith did call her, and they're going out that Friday, which was the night Jerry was supposed to hang out with uh, Keith. So now he knows he's going to get stood up. Uh, so he's jealous. And I kind of love that she calls him out for being jealous. And then he says a line, which is a callback to a previous episode. He says, you know, once she she mentions, uh, you know, calling him out, he's like, is there any Hennigans around here? (laughs) Which is a reference to the whiskey that Kramer drank multiple episodes ago in The Red Dot. Yep. Yep. I I wrote that down too. I knew I knew you would pick up on that, and I was just like, "Oh shit!" A Hennigan's reference, yep. perfect. Loved it. I loved it, dude. And yeah.
0: l- like, like we're discovering with the voiceovers, I'm, f- I'm realizing that there's a lot more. Uh, each season has a lot more interconnectivity mm-hmm. than I ever thought when I used to watch it just on syndication all the time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm getting definitely getting more out of the show watching it. You know. Episode by episode and breaking it down with you than I ever have before. A hundred and hundred and thirty percent agreed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So eventually whenever we finish this podcast and I just go back to rewatching it, I'm probably going to laugh even harder because I'm not going to have to take any notes. I can just sit and enjoy the episode, but I'm going to know so much more about it that I'm going to just be like, oh, this is amazing, and I'll love it even more. So,
0: But <laughs> <laughs> I was also thinking right. uh, once we do reach into this too, we have to discover what's the next show we, we want to do. Because, yeah. <laughs> like, dude, honestly, I-, I love it. I love watching a show in order like this and paying attention yeah. to it and seeing what happens. That, like, Seriously, like, we, we come season nine, we're going to have to start figuring out
1: what our next show is going to be. True, very true. All right. Uh, so uh, Jerry is answering his phones, and he answers it as Vandalay Inter- Industries. And did you pick up on the name that he said, Kel Vernson. Kel Varnson, Varnson. yes, Varnson. Kel yeah, Varnson <laughs> speaking. Um, which I believe now I'm going to have to try and remember. I believe this is this is the fake name that he uses again in the future. Where uh, it, there, this specifically, I'm just kind of recalling the scene where it's. George, Jerry, and Kramer in, like, this uh, apartment that this one lady is showing, and he's playing Varnson and George is Vandelay, and I believe Kramer's playing uh, Professor Von Nostren at the time. And, <laughs> yeah, And they're all just, like, Varson, Vandelay, yeah. Professor yes. Von Nostren. You know, there's this whole back and forth. And so, like, they all have their specific fake name people yep. um, and, I, and this is the first time that I remember hearing of of Kale Varnson so I <laughs> yes,
0: yes no it, it is uh, according to IMDB it is the first appearance of Kel Varnson so I, okay. I, I loved it I love it dude it's it, another thing we uh, shit was it last episode where it was the vault right it was last episode the yep, fix up and yeah. I love these little things I I'm, even if Kel Varnson doesn't come up again until like season 7 or something I mm-hmm. love just that like it just it makes this whole thing this whole world feel real because these characters have these long time like I like words and names that they use for things. I love it. That's what that's what makes it great. That's what makes it fun for me.
1: Yeah, definitely. So, uh, all right, Keith uh, is. It's is on the phone. Um, you know, he that's who Jerry picked up with. Um, he's calling to cancel the mandate. Uh, and so Kramer invites Jerry to go see the baby. Uh, so, you know, they're gonna do that in a bit. But Jerry goes out and takes out the trash. This is where Kramer, who is still around, answers the phone, and he answers it not as Vandalay Industries. And, you know, he doesn't know it, but Elaine and George are freaking out. George, who is in the bathroom runs out with his you know pants around his ankles he's got his boxers on he falls to the floor it's absolutely fucking hilarious moment but what really caps it off perfectly is you know everybody's working great here jerry comes back in and he just very calmly, you know, similar to how he just accepted being Vandelier Industries earlier, looks at George, who's on the ground with his boxers. And you're getting some POV shots that we didn't really have earlier. You know, kind get a different style of look, which is OK. I don't know if it really works. But and he just kind of looks at George and you want to be my latex salesman. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it's what great. is genius about that is that line was ad libbed by Jerry Seinfeld on the spot uh, right there. And. Dude, that is why he is a fucking genius. Because Mm -hmm. I don't think without that line, it would have been it would have been a nine point five, right? Of of awesomeness. That line made it the ten, right? Like that's what made it fucking amazing. And I have to agree that I think the um the the shot where you see George's butt that little I don't know if that worked either. I'm kind of with you on that one. Hey everybody, Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages.
1: Hello everybody, I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. Hey, this is Brent. And I'm Eric. And we are part of the Friday Five Podcast. Yes, sir. We cover everything from the 80s to today. We absolutely do. You can find us every other Friday on any of your favorite podcasting platforms. Like iTunes? (laughs) Like Stitcher? Oh, man. Maybe a little Spotify. Hey, and also check us out on Instagram. Absolutely. So come hang out. I think you'll have a lot of fun, and we will see you there. Yeah, bring your Proton Pack and your Ecto Cooler. And maybe some McNugget Bugs. And now, back to the show. All right. So, at the Department of Labor, George uh, is, you know, he's just still trying to figure out how the hell he can continue to be on uh, unemployment. And so, he resorts to hitting on the lady's daughter to try and get out of, you know, losing those benefits. So what i do call what i what i i absolutely loved right here was you know he picks up the picture of her and he calls her breathtaking which oh my god i know we haven't gotten to that episode yet it doesn't come until like, i think season 5 but to me i know breathtaking is code for that's one ugly thing <laughs>
0: <laughs> and i mean it it works correctly here
1: too yeah yeah it, it works perfectly um so he kind of sweet talks uh, to get this this the mother uh, to get a date with her and try to keep his benefits going on. so uh, then we get a stand up about unemployment. Yes, perfectly timed
0: and applicable to what's going on. Jerry talks about uh, um, unemployment's a tough thing. He's like, even if you get a job, they keep taking that little bit out of unemployment. It's like that can't be good for your self esteem that every check has unemployment on it. You know, he's like, you just got the job and they're already getting ready to fire to get ready to lay you off. Yeah, you know? I was like, okay, that's kind of funny. He's like, Jerry has a friend. Uh, he says like, I have a friend who. Um, that's on unemployment. And I mean, he's like, I've never seen him work so hard to keep something going in his life. He's like, if they had any idea how hard he's working, at, at, uh, they'd give him a raise. So I was like, ah, that's funny. I was like, okay, that's good.
1: Which I thought was kind of interesting because in this stand-up, I, I, we know all of the others or most of the other stand-ups have all kind of been influenced by what we saw or are or, or, or are about to see in the show itself. In this one... He specifically calls out a friend who's on unemployment, who's trying hard, we just saw this. Like, we know he's talking about George here, which I, you know, he hasn't really done that in a lot of other ones. You know, specifically calling out a person in the scene that we've just seen.
0: Yeah, kind of like uh, the Christmas party with American Werewolf in London.
1: Exactly. It, it just kind of breaks a wall that we didn't really have. Yeah, uh, I previously. agree. So, Yeah. Alright, so uh, very quickly we're kind of at a bar uh, where Elaine and Keith are just talking about Game 6. It just kind of shows that their relationship is going well. Um, you know, that Jerry and Keith is not, obviously, as much. Um, Jerry and Kramer are seeing the baby, and, you know, we get that line from the lady, Oh, you had to see the baby! Uh, her voice is so terribly annoying. I mean, um, it, it maybe it was uh, what the actress from last episode, Janice, uh, used to try and help create her character. Um, but <laughs> That's like fuck. the
0: template. This lady was like the template for Janice, or something. Yep.
1: yep. So this actress uh, who plays Carol, the you know the baby, the baby mama, um, is Lisa Mendy, and we see her in multiple episodes coming up. Uh, she's been in, I think, four or five episodes total, including the Hamptons, which is an episode um, a little bit later, which is, in a, you know, they come back to see another baby. This is that's the breathtaking episode. Wait. Oh, wait. Um, so hold on. So,
0: so so this couple is the breathtaking couple. Wait, is that what you're saying? So
1: Yep. Yes, it is. It's one. Of, and it's, it's the same actress who plays Carol in this one and that one. So it's it's the same, you know, mother.
0: Oh, oh, okay, so, so so, the breathtaking, the Hamptons one, is an extension of this little storyline of the baby, right?
1: Maybe. I'm not sure, but it, that comes in, like, season five. That comes two seasons oh. down the line, so it might be another baby. Okay, okay, interesting. All right, well, we'll have to, yeah, we'll have to, is it the same husband? Uh, at the... It might be. I have a fan theory that I'm going to bring up at the end of this episode. Okay, cool, that. I'm
0: excited. I This, this I didn't yeah. track at all. I had no clue about okay. this whatsoever, so. so. Cool, dude, that's awesome. Yeah, she...
1: She stays the same as the same actress playing the same character, Carol, um, but they do, the guy who plays Michael, her husband in this one, they get like a different person down the line. Oh, okay. Um, so it's, it's a different one. But uh, yeah, so I'll bring that up later. Anyway, we cut to George and he's in the car, uh, you know, with with the the daughter of that unemployment lady um, and, and it's, you know, there's a, uh, uh, I, uh, right before that, I do want to call out there is a weird sound. In the cut, um, they use. All right, so I, you might not have noticed. I had to rewind this a couple times because I thought it was really fucking weird. Wait, wait, so, wait.
0: is this when someone yells no and Kramer goes to pick up the baby?
1: Yes, Kramer picks up the baby, and you hear a very weird. It's obviously Jason Alexander, it's George. You know, you hear George saying no. Um, and I think it's supposed to be a baby whine. As opposed to being someone saying no. Like, I I, I rewound this a couple times, and I have – there is no other explanation than other – it supposedly supposed to be the baby whining because Kramer goes and picks it up.
0: I I took it as – and first off, I completely agree. It was weird as fuck. Um, I took it as that it was the dad – I guess somehow knew Kramer, but my only thing that could possibly make sense in my head was when the dad walked away. Kramer said, "I'll pick up the baby," and it was supposed to be him yelling no because he knows Kramer. But hmm. there was, there's no build up to that. There's no, yeah. you know, like nothing. But I mean, it's the only thing that makes sense in my head is that you know they used to live in the apartment, so they would know Kramer, or the apartment complex, yeah. so they would know Kramer. But you're a hundred percent right when he does that no, I was like that's. That sounds like George. Like, what is that? And then yeah. I, re- I, I did the same thing. I fucking I rewound it uh, uh, twice, and and it's only because I just my wife and I just watched all the Star Wars movies. But in mm-hmm. um uh, <laughs> no. Uh, no, but in, in uh, <laughs> Attack of the Clones, when um Anakin kind of goes buck crazy on on the fucking um, Tusken Raiders and kills them all after he sees his mom, uh, dead uh-huh. or whatever. Uh, you you hear like like. Him, uh, you hear Qui-Gon yelling, Anakin, Anakin, no! Like that, and it just. For some reason, it was like it was
1: weird. You're talking like about Obi Wan, but yeah, it's
0: cool. no, 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 no. In that scene, Qui Gon, because Qui Gon's oh. yelling to him from from a ghost, uh, from like the ghost realm. Uh, it's actually oh, uh, Liam Neeson. I don't uh, remember that. Yeah, it's it's in Attack of the Clones. Liam Neeson re-recorded the he recorded those lines, yelling Anakin no, and it's supposed to be like Force Ghost Liam Neeson seeing what he's doing and sort of yelling through the ether. But the only reason I bring That's it up stupid. is stupid. God damn, fuck you, George Lucas. <laughs> the, you fucked everything. Fuck you. The only reason, the only reason I bring it up is, it felt as out of place in this. You know what I mean? Like I was yeah. like, "What is happening? Why is there some ethereal
1: force ghost yelling at Kramer?" That that was my takeaway. I was like, "What the fuck is yeah. that?" That is exactly what it sounded like. So very weird. Um, if anybody, you know, go go check that out. And it is a weird spot. So
0: yeah, uh compl- anyway. completely. I, I would actually. I mean. So weird that I would love to actually talk to an editor or producer about what the fuck
1: that was. True, true. Uh, Yeah, I'd like to get like the actual story behind it because my theory is, you know, that it was the baby, that they were trying to fake it as a baby wine, and your theory is it's the dad. So, yeah, who knows? Yeah, well, because it's obviously not—it's obviously not George, because George is talking with you know that that lady in his car, and there's there's no reason that would have been him, but it sounds exactly like him,
0: and it's and it's butted up at the end of that scene right before going into George, so you hear George talking, so yeah, it's so it's so weird, it's. It's, it's literally like a nanosecond on the screen, but my brain like locked onto it. And I was like, what the fuck is this, man? Um, <laughs> yeah. l- listeners, guys and gals, let us know your take on it. What, and did you hear it? Did you pick up on it too? What the fuck was that? Let us, let us know in the comments what, what your theory, who, who that was and what the fuck that was. Was that, was mm-hmm. that the ghost of Frank Costanza yelling? Like, what the fuck was that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Uh, all right. So George is not enjoying his date. Um, and I can honestly see why. She, she doesn't seem like she's a very lively date. She uh, doesn't seem to be enjoying herself. Mm-mm. But um, I did mention the Big Bang Theory earlier. And the actress who plays you know this daughter, this date, is Carol Ann Susie. And she had a reoccurring role on the Big Bang Theory. She played the unseen um, voice of uh, Howard Wallowitz's mother on that show, which is a very kind of I don't know it seemed like a very famousy voice like how uh do um, this that is her voice and so that's the one that George is taking out on a date now, which I thought was hilarious. I liked Big Bang Theory a lot of people don't, but um I find it I find that to be a pretty funny show
0: i've never seen an episode i know that there's a lot of hate for it i know that there's an equal amount of love for it um i can't say either way because i've never seen it so i'm not even gonna get on the fence but uh yeah i i knew that's where you're gonna go with it because i you know i kind of recognized her i was like oh you know like let me you know imdb look her up i was like oh she played you know this voice or whatever on big bang theory i was like okay but and you know i saw like other things but like nothing i could really sort of put my finger on other than you know just your your typical like character actor type Type of thing, like, oh, yeah, that person, yeah,
1: yeah, and and, and you know, all right, to get to validate, I, I definitely enjoy Big Bang Theory. I don't think it's as great a writing as like a Seinfeld or a lot of other shows, um, and I do think that the show kind of fell to crap in like the second half of the show. I think the first half of the seasons were actually quite humorous, and then it kind of just eh, – it wasn't as good. So anyway, that's my big bang theory stuff, um, which is probably not the next show that we're going to talk about. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> probably- I, don't, I don't think so. <laughs> no. So, I, if, if, uh, if I could have my way, it would be Night Court. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I know nothing about – it, it. I mean I've seen only a couple handful of episodes. so It would pretty much be – a night court genius, and then someone who's never seen it before, very yeah. similar to your OCD podcast yeah. um, shows, like hey, that you do with Tess, where she, she doesn't know much about comics and you know a lot.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so, which would be the same as if if we were doing the Big Bang Theory, I would be you in that. Scene yeah, now. yeah.
1: True. So, uh, all right. So we find out we cut back to Kramer. He apparently dropped the baby, um, you know, or something because it it got hurt. Or something like that. Uh, And then we have uh, a stand-up about seeing uh, the baby. <laughs> yeah, you did gloss over the fact
0: that they said that the baby did look like Lyndon B. Johnson. Which that's they, they, I,
1: right. gl- yeah, I didn't mention that at all. Which is a funny moment. Honestly. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, uh you know, and and you guys don't know it, but we had a bit of a technical difficulty uh, about a few minutes ago. So you probably lost that train of thought. I know I lost whatever fuck yeah. train of thought I was. Yep. I was going through. <laughs> that was, woo, guys. That was a wild yeah. uh, ten minutes that we had that you, that you'll <laughs> never know about. But <laughs> yeah. Alright. So Jerry's uh Jerry stand up about uh friends having a baby. He's like you know, it's pretty much the same thing as here. He's like got to see the baby you got to see the baby he's like no one ever wants you to see the grandfather it's like okay that's funny yeah. he's like uh he went to the bathroom by himself today and it's like uh the, and then he says you know the toughest part of the of of seeing the baby and everything is that you have to match the level of enthusiasm you know that the person has for the baby you know he's like just once i it'd be refreshing to hear someone say ah you know baby what you know you want them we didn't even want them you know we should have gotten ourselves an aquarium i was like okay mm-hmm. That, the, that one that one worked here and there it, it worked it yeah. decently enough but you know it gave you the foundation of of the baby thing and you know we know that from the get-go that that these stand-ups are supposed to be relating to what he's going through sometimes you know for better or worse
1: but i like this one where it actually really mm-hmm. does pertain right to what they're doing i agree i thought it was pretty funny as well so uh all right keith and elaine are out on a date and you know they're saying their goodbyes in the car this is um you know pretty much side-by-side side with uh, what Jerry uh, was, le- you know, leaving with Keith, Keith earlier. Um, and let's see, it also even kind of ties in, I think, even a little bit with George and him ending his date with um, that other lady. Uh, so we do get internal monologue again, and I think it works really well. You already mentioned that, Keith's internal monologue, as well as Elaine's. I'm not sure, do we get internal monologue from anyone else? Besides, like the main four, uh, or is Keith Hernandez the only other one who kind of breaks that?
0: Off the top of my head, I think Keith is the only one that that happens with.
1: Yeah. That, yeah, that's me too. That's why I kind of called it out because I think that's that's pretty special. Way to go, Keith Hernandez! You you were an MVP in '79, and you were a Seinfeld internal monologue that no one else got. <laughs> other other than the main four. So yes, that's pretty cool.
0: yes. And he does and so. he does a good fucking
1: job at it actually. And yeah. um, I'll say it right now, he does a good job this entire episode. Yeah, he's he's not a great actor, but he is fine. I mean, he's he's playing you know, a former baseball player well, and yeah. he plays a former baseball. he's playing himself. He plays himself just fine.
0: Right. But, but I mean, like you and I have seen an, enough sitcoms in our day, various sitcoms, enough SNL in our day to know that yes. that, that sport, sometimes sports act, sports players are not the best actors. And, you know, Keith, he's, <laughs> he's doing a decent job. I got to give. Yeah, decent.
1: So, so yeah, decent. So for, for a sports person, for an athlete, he's doing great. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, we are at Jerry's apartment. You know, he's prying about the date with uh, Elaine. Um, you know, Keith calls and wants Jerry to help him move. And, you know, Elaine and Jerry were like, well, this is just way too early in the relationship for that. You know, he doesn't even barely knows him. Uh, and Kramer kind of comes in and confirms that he hardly knows the guy. Very funny. It obviously ties all in with, um, you know, the the kind of relationship parody that's going on with Jerry and Keith right now. Yeah. So, uh, George and Carrie, which is the name of his date. And I'm not sure, maybe they're on another date or maybe this is, this, it, it must be another date. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I think it's the second date. Second. Yeah. It has to be because if we, you know, we had a, a lapse of time earlier. Um, but she ends up calling him Biff Loman. She's not <laughs> happy with him. And she's like, oh, you're just like Biff Loman. You're, you know, you're a loser basically. Uh, which is, you know, another Biff Loman joke, which is good. Someone else calling him Biff for once, which is funny. Uh, and she leaves so she's not happy with him
0: man one, one of at, these days one of these days we're just gonna have to i'm sure they made a movie of it and we should just do it for for uh, the patreon you and i will break down that yeah, movie and, and discuss <laughs> it for a patreon episode we got to just so we can know what the fuck people are talking about here
1: exactly yeah we're just there's so many different references we could just do for like a yeah, patreon exclusive content like okay you want to know who this jose jimenez is we're gonna break down who the fuck he is in a, a special episode for this month or we'll, we'll break <laughs> Down, death of a salesman, that kind of shit. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, all right. So we're at another bar. Keith is flirting with Elaine pretty hard. Um, I kind of like – their back and forth is decent. It's nothing amazing. But um, I, I like that uh, – or I don't like, I want to say, that she calls out and says, oh, you played first base. They always put the first they they always put the worst person at first base and i'm like whoa girl no i played first base when i was in you know uh, as a kid and i was the fucking bomb you know we won we won championships for our rec league and i was the shit and uh they did not put me in first base cuz i sucked yeah but she's saying it because she
0: played for first base and she sucked it was like a part yeah. of the the jabby sort of banter that they that they sort of had going back and forth uh there I know,
1: but I took it personally because I played first base. <laughs> so, <laughs> but you're right. I mean, it's a very flirty. It's a, they do a whole flirty baseball thing, um, and, you know, including you know with bases and sex and you know rounding the bases, etc., um, all that kind of stuff, yeah. and, and it works well. And then he pulls out a cigarette, and from previous episodes and from earlier in this episode when she moves the smoking thing, we know how much she hates smoking.
0: Yeah. And I, so. I, I gotta say, this is my biggest complaint about this episode, which I think is a great episode. The, my biggest complaint is if he smoked, she would have fucking smelled it. Like that. Yeah. This is like their, this is their, their second date, you know, and, and yep. like he didn't go out during the first date to go grab a quick, quick smoke. She mm. has to smell it on him. And I was and, like, and I not, thought that was yeah. a little forced. That's all, you know, not
1: not to mention you know at the end of that first date you know he he kisses her good you know he goes he's he's keith hernandez you know he uh he he gives her a full like tongue on that one you're telling me that she's not going to be able to smell it on his on his you know breath or on, on his tongue yeah of course she could
0: yeah i i thought it was i thought it was a little Forced, like, because you know they have to make yep. it so they don't work out. So here's yeah. here's the reason, and I just I felt like you could have come up with something more organic, maybe you know. Um, but yep. like you know, but yeah, it it does fit with Elaine, and it gives Elaine the perfect fodder that she needs to you mm-hmm. know to be done with it, I guess. Uh, it, so that that works. It's just a it's a TV conceit that we just have to sort of roll with.
1: Yeah, fair enough. All right, so at monks, uh, George brings up. You know, it's just randomly that he wants to have sex with a really tall woman, like 6'5". Wait, did you notice
0: that the establishing shot of monks is the first time that they pan across the street at the at the place? So you actually get to see— Oh! It, it, so it starts off—it's so, like it's on, the, it's on a church, and then it pans uh-huh. uh, to the left, and that's where you see uh, monks. So you actually get to see what's down that street there.
1: Nice. I did not notice that. Which um, I mean, I, we may have mentioned before, but that is a you know famous stop in New York. It's, I think the restaurant uh, is called Tom's. Yeah, Tom's. but it's a place that you know, if you're a big you know, if you're doing a Seinfeld pilgrimage, you go to New York and you go to Tom's.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> people people on the on the Facebook groups are always posting pictures yeah. uh, outside of Tom's, and you know they, they I. I noticed the whole pan thing and whatnot, but on IMDb they bring it up too. Like this is the first time you see the pan, uh, you see the neighborhood, mm-hmm. um, and they they said that you could see Tom's diner, the name Tom's in it. Actually, I didn't think you could, but I've seen I've seen it say Tom's multiple times, and I uh. I, I think it's because. We're watching it in the bullshit, you know, Hulu, quote unquote, HD, where they zoom in and they cut out the yeah. sides, you know, I think, I think that kind of makes the Toms a bit more apparent because it gets more zoomed in. And, you know, I mean, this show was never filmed with the intent of it being played on a fucking 62 inch, you know, LED plasma TV. you know what I mean? People had, had tube TVs back then. So I didn't think, mm-hmm. you, I don't think you had to be like as careful of not showing the Tom's name, but, uh, I mean, on this viewing, I, I never really brought it up i just assumed that everyone sort of noticed it but i've seen the name like toms multiple times on on the show in the first three seasons
1: yeah so I, I can't say i noticed it but i definitely try and pay attention more to now nice um but anyway so i, I enjoyed the, they have a very random conversation about you know having sex with tall women um i i find that funny i also like the, you know how not 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 to say that they're heated but to say that they have their favorite uh, explorers, <laughs> Jerry's being Magellan and and uh, George's being DeSoto. It's just it's just regular like best friend conversation. It's the kind of shit that you would just ha- you know in a random with a buddy. You would, that's the kind of shit you talk about.
0: Yeah, perfect. So. It's 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 uh, perfect because it's like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you talk about that shit because you don't have to talk about the getting to know you bullshit anymore like once the yeah. getting to know you bullshit is over then you start talking about the weird <laughs> shit you know your yes. favorite explorers and all that kind of stuff but oh, that's yeah. that's the hallmark of a long term relationship and that's again we always say it we say it a lot of episodes but that's one of the things I love the most about the show is it's very apparent that George and Jerry have been friends for
1: so long yeah absolutely Uh, So at the Department of Labor, George is trying to defend himself, you know, about the whole daughter dating situation that didn't, didn't work out. Um, You know, still trying to get his unemployment benefits and he notices that this lady is a Mets baseball fan so he realizes you know okay I know someone who knows Keith Hernandez I'm going to try and get him to come out here to impress her and keep that going we get a nice little replay of him you know rushing out running to a phone booth this time it's not a teenage little kid it's a gigantic large dude that he doesn't work out for him he can't throw him out there he just kind of turns and walks away and then he also gets into the same cab that he did previously which he just immediately gets out because he realizes it's that dude that he pissed off earlier i thought the i thought those jokes played off pretty damn well
0: yeah me too me too all the layers are paying off yep
1: so alright um, we cut to Jerry's apartment and Keith is prepping Jerry for this move uh, you know it's just he's just one thing after another you know he lives in a brownstone it's three flights um, you know he's got a big bed with a box spring I thought it was funny that Jerry you know was worried about the box spring I'm like dude box springs weigh nothing that is not the problem it's it's the mattresses that are going to be very heavy um, or the big marble table or he's got a, a sofa that's like a pull out couch um, and all that kind of stuff which ultimately you know, Jerry just can't take it. And so he's like, no, I, I can't help you move. It's too soon. Uh, and then in comes Kramer and um, he confronts Keith along with Newman, who, as you mentioned before, just kind of pops in from the side. It's just, oh, you know, he is like a freaking ninja.
0: <laughs> well, it's 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 starting to layer in this like. Mythical thing about Newman, and you know, like, and they mm-hmm. don't they don't do it too too much, but there is a little bit of mythos yeah. here and there, and and a little bit of you know, quote unquote, like supernatural abilities, just for, just for like the, the way sake he the climbs laugh. trees. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's just it it's just, but you know, it's great. It's I I like it. It's subtle. It's subtle, and it's something I never picked up on until this viewing. I was like, oh. I see what you guys are doing there with Newman, and I love it.
1: <laughs> yep. So, uh, so they kind of go through the whole situation. This is a Bruder film again. Um, you know that whole magic Loogie situation, but this time with Keith there to defend himself, he lets them know that Roger McDowell was apparently at this other area, like the the, the not like the grassy knoll kind of area, and he's the one who did it. Uh, who Roger McDowell was a relief was a relief pitcher for the Mets uh during that time
0: and I love how they were like like Kramer and Newman were like oh yeah that makes sense because we did like pour our beer on him, yeah. and we were like heckling yep. them the entire <laughs> game it's like it's like you idiots like it was right there <laughs> the whole time it's like yeah. maybe the guy you were an asshole to the entire game but I don't know man it's you know what it is you know what I love about it? It's shenanigans. I love that, that Kramer and Newman have their oh. own little like shenanigans on the side. I love that.
1: You're right. And, yeah, they they do great shenanigans for another and we're gonna get a whole another shenanigans like two parter episode in the bottle deposit, like I think it's like season six or seven or something. Um but yeah, their their dynamic is awesome. And every time Wayne Knight is on the screen, he just fucking steals the show. He's so good. Yeah, no, he's
0: he's awesome and you know we're we're trained to hate newman but like even when i was watching it back in the day i was like i don't know like newman seems like pretty freaking awesome like you know yeah. like, or, or maybe it's just because kramer can sort of get along with everybody and all kramer mm-hmm. wants to do is just have adventures and get into shenanigans he's a he's a great person to do it with but yeah their dynamic is is just great and you, you gotta wonder like how it got to this because newman was supposed to be a little little bit of a one-off but it, it, it mm-hmm. you know obviously becomes a very regular recurring character and you got to wonder obviously I, I think they all get a, get along well behind the scenes and then but you know I was just curious like what what do you think was the idea behind putting you know Kramer and Newman together but they just work so mm-hmm. well I, I I imagine they just have that kind of uh, chemistry you know behind the scenes and they're like hey let's do these characters together and see what happens and it just it became so natural for for Kramer and Newman to just be doing stuff together
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, just going on a very kind of physical basis, they they Kramer obviously is a big physical comedian. Um, you know, he does a lot of great stuff that but even like Wayne Knight, just just with his size, you know, you get a lot of that humor. It's almost like they're kind of having their own little Laurel and Hardy. Yeah. Kind of, you know, a big tall, skinny guy and then like a, a pudgier dude. Um, but they're they're that dynamic just works out perfectly and i maybe it's kind of like an homage to that i'm not sure
0: no right, right when you started talking about body types i was like oh mm-hmm. yeah they're going for a laurel and hardy thing and and in yeah. in since the the dawn of tv with you know the honeymooners and everything the tall skinny mm-hmm. guy oh, yeah. being friends with the fat short guy is always gold Jerry, it's yep. gold. <laughs> Always. Right. <laughs> <Like> <laughs> exactly. India. So good,
1: good yep. call. Good call. Just visually it works. You know, it does. It does visual work. All right. So now that they've got the whole thing figured out on who actually spit on them, you know, they're they're uh, they're they're happy with Keith. And so they <laughs> offer to help him move. Um, we know which Jerry's like, oh, my God, what the fuck? I just, you know, you told me earlier that it was too soon and now you're jumping into to move. I do like we get a funny line from Keith that says, oh, some of the stuff is very fragile. You have to handle it like a baby, which we know from just previously in the episode, Kramer dropped a baby. So it's like, OK, he is not someone who is going to be able to handle your stuff with care. He's probably going to break some of Keith's shit if I had to guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent.
1: Um, yep. So here is where I want to drop my... Uh, fan theory on you. Yes. About about the breathtaking baby. Because, so this is in two seasons where you get the breathtaking baby. Um, it's the same couple. So we know it's the same couple. And the, the only thing with Seinfeld, we're not always sure how quickly time moves in Seinfeld, in my opinion. You know, do, does it move normally, like, you know, in that span from 89 to 98? Um, or... Does that kind of happen in a condensed timeline of the film or, you know, of, of the universe, if you will? So my theory is if this is a condensed timeline, what if it's the exact same baby that we saw earlier? And we saw that baby in a cut, you know, from this episode. It's a cute looking baby. It's a good looking baby. But what, ha- what if Kramer, in dropping it, disfigured the baby <laughs> to where now when Elaine looks at it, you know, and, and Jerry looks at it, it's it's a hideous, disfigured, breathtaking baby, if you will. Yeah. So Kramer's the one that ruined the look of that child.
0: You know what? I'll I'll go with that because I'm I'm with you. You don't ever quite know what the span of time is, and now, on, on this show, and I yeah. I like that.
1: Now the only thing that will ruin that theory is if at that upcoming uh, the Hamptons episode, if they say something about having another baby, uh, then that will that will kind of ruin it. But. We'll see. For now, that's the theory I'm going to go with, and it's fun. While
0: we're on theories, we didn't even mention in the fix-up episode that that was right after uh, "quote unquote" George's brother uh, killed himself. So we yeah. didn't. Neither of us tracked it. I'm going to put a, a pin in that theory, or 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 just put yeah, it. Yeah. I'm going to lay it to rest and say. I don't think the whole George killing his brother uh, uh, or forcing his brother to commit suicide, whatever. I don't think that theory holds any water. Uh, There was the sheer fact that you and I haven't even talked about it in these two episodes since.
1: I don't remember. There were no signs pointing to that at all from these last ones. Um, So, uh, yeah, I don't think there's any chance.
0: No. No, I I I don't I don't either. I don't either. So, yeah, we're going to we're going to drop that one and now we're going to go on to the baby. That's going to be our new fan yep. theory that we're going <laughs> that's, that's
1: the yep, that's the new one. It's the baby getting disfigured by Kramer theory. Exactly. So. <laughs> uh, uh all right. So, um Elaine calls and tells Jerry that she broke up with Keith. Um, you know, uh you know, it's because of the smoking thing and Jerry, you know, does another one of these little off comment um things where he says oh it's like it's you know it's like you're you're dating you is like going out with c everett coop and i'm like who the fuck is c everett coop so apparently i looked him up he is the former surgeon general of the united states who apparently uh, of that around that time like during reagan's time who helped push the decline of smoking okay so okay i mean that's way too political for adam to know who the hell he is but um but that's who he was and then anyway uh George barges in right at this time. he's looking for Keith um, trying to you know help his unemployment situation. He yells at him. He apparently doesn't get him. Um, and Jerry says, ah, well Biff what's next so another another bit this is three biff references in this episode now granted it was a long one um and then randomly this very you know this large tall attractive lady comes in with his dropped wallet it's kind of funny um you don't know where it's gonna go probably nowhere because it's george and we end up with a stand up on moving
0: yeah stand, stand up on moving into death he's like when you're moving, your whole world becomes boxes. All you can think about is boxes. And it's after a while, you become really into it. That You become so into it that you can, like, smell the boxes when you walk into the store. And it's like, ah, I love the smell of cardboard in the morning, which is... Uh, uh, an apocalypse mm-hmm. now reference which is always fun. Um and he's like you can be at a funeral and look at a casket and be like that's a nice box. He's like um he's like it's got good handles on it. And he's like that's what death is. It's like the biggest move of your life. The hearse is the van. The pallbearers are your friends and the casket is that last perfect box you've been looking for uh for your whole life and uh um and the problem is once you find it, you're in it.
1: Eh. <laughs> Little deep. Yeah. But, yeah. All right. Well, that's the end of the episode. How about you uh, start us off with your uh, final thoughts?
0: Yeah. I, top to bottom, man, this is classic Seinfeld. I think it's a fun episode. I think every single sort of, like, thread sort of pays off, which we've seen before, you know, uh, to various degrees, but this is one of the best things, uh, this is one of the things that Seinfeld does so well, which is just layering these jokes, paying them off later, and... The th- I think what knocks it—like, actually takes it up a notch for me is, like, when I started, you know, obviously discussing this with you and realizing that some of these jokes— you know, start out, you think, okay, they're just building the layer, you know, for something later, but then they also have to work as a joke on their own, and it's like, holy fuck, like, that's, that's so well written. The only thing, truly, that's keeping this from, like, a perfect score in my head is the, the, the lane, you know, Keith Hernandez smoking Mm -hmm. being the thing that, that breaks a lane up, if she was so against it, she would have smelled it on him earlier, that would have been just, I just... As you know, as an ex-smoker, man, like as someone who smoked a pack a day for for twenty years, Jesus Christ, that's hor that's crazy to say, but uh, for pretty huh. much his half his life, um, and even if Keith Hernandez doesn't smoke a, a pack a day, even if he smokes fucking just one a day you will smell it on him and you will smell it on his breath and I just was like ah, it was just it was a hard conceit for me to sort of bite into and uh and honestly truly that's what keeps it from being like absolutely fucking perfect otherwise it's a fun episode or you know two episodes however you want to sort of like look at it but I think what, and honestly, just to finish it up, I think what what really for me sells it because actually I don't, I'm not a big guest star fan. I don't like guest stars again. It's like the it takes away from the main characters, you know, like kind of like how I don't like episodes where they're all going in their own separate direction. Except here. I think I just think Keith Hernandez himself did such a good job, and I I don't, dude, I don't know anything fucking about him. I don't I don't watch baseball. I mean, I know who Keith Hernandez is mainly from this show, but I mean, you know, I I know I didn't live under a rock. I, I know who he is, but like, I think. I think he did a fucking good job and especially after watching, you know, as many fucking sitcoms as as you and I have in our day, like we know how bad, you know, uh, um, athletes can actually be when they act and I think he sold it and I think he made the episode really, really enjoyable to be honest with you. So good job, Keith Hernandez, man. I I give this 4.5 Keith
1: Hernandez's. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yeah, this is a solid episode. I, I mentioned it before but I love how they kind of they tiptoe around their relationship you know and they make they make fun of it um, for what it is but they're not homophobic at all you know it is just a general good comedy um the writing is so good and as you mentioned the way they circle back around to stuff it's so well done it's just classic great Seinfeld writing um, I liked that this was a longer episode I thought it, it worked really well as a full hour episode I don't want that obviously with every single Seinfeld I want them to wrap up you know in those 22 minutes and being work, works better that way but you know every once in a while I think it works and I think it works really well here um, this this episode had some great moments and some of the funniest moments you know that are like top 50 Seinfeld moments of all time including the you know, the whole Zabruder magic, uh, the whole Zebruder film stuff, the JFK stuff was absolutely perfect. It was perfect. And then the, and you want to be my latex salesman. Like that's a great line, a great little cap on that one. So I love this episode with you. You know, it's got a couple things that just, it's not as great as some other ones, but it's still fantastic. I gave it four out of five magic loogies.
0: Ah, there we go. The magic loogies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, it was it was fun. And and to to what you were saying about the hour long, um I'm with you. It was nice to to let them breathe, uh let the mm-hmm. sort of everything sort of play out and, and whatnot. And even though you know, even though they said that I think they kinda added the lane dating Keith Hernandez in as as filler we even though i didn't like the whole reason it broke up we because they dated we got the keith hernandez uh internal monologue yeah. or dialogue that he had that kind of tied back into jerry so if we didn't have them dating we wouldn't have gotten that and i enjoyed that yep. i you know i liked him he was like come on what are you what are you waiting for you're keith hernandez <laughs> you know i i was like yeah uh-huh. dude that's funny i thought it was good it was all around just a good fucking time
1: all right cory where are you can, or where else can you be found other than talking about Seinfeld?
0: Yes, sir. Uh, I am most active on Instagram at Cory Nation, and uh, you can also listen to me every week on ongoing comic book discussion podcast with my buddy Tess. We talk about comic books. And then you can hear me uh, every other week with our pal Zach talking about cult movies from the 80s and early 90s on podcasting after dark. And real quick, we we didn't really plug them last time, I just want to let you guys know, uh, check out Friday 5 podcast mm-hmm. on uh, they're on our network as well on the B, uh, Blast From Our Past network the FOP network as Adam Bfop. likes to call it <laughs> but uh, the Friday 5 boys are, are rocking and rolling and actually I'm going to have um, Brent from Friday 5 on uh, podcasting after dark we have a little sideshow show called uh, Watch List where we kind of talk it's a list a list show which we all love but uh, I'm going to get uh, Adam on there at some point I'm going to get John mm-hmm. on there at some point from Blast From Our Past and uh, everyone's going to get a chance to do a watch list episode. But, uh, Adam, nice. buddy, where can we find you online?
1: Well, you already mentioned it. Uh, the BFOP Network, a.k.a. um our stuff that we just kind of put out and uh, the Blast From Our Past podcast is a part of that that I do with my brother John and we talk about all things nostalgia mostly from the 80s and 90s some late 70s in there as well and it's just fantastic stuff I have a good time doing it if you enjoy me talking about Seinfeld you'll probably also enjoy me talking about other random movies and stuff from back in the day so give that a shot uh, you can find us on Instagram as well at Blast Pass Cast
0: that's right and make sure you follow us on facebook we have uh, most of our interaction is on on facebook so give us a follow and uh you know leave a comment let us know what you guys think mm-hmm. of the episodes you know we we, we definitely you know ha- have some theories and stuff going on so feel yeah. free to <laughs> jump in on the conversation and uh you know let us know and uh, have a good time with it is, is what we try to do that's that's all we want is to have a good time and talk about seinfeld with our friends what more can you want that's all, that's all we need in life, baby. <laughs> that is. So we will see you guys next week. And until then, uh, shoot, <laughs> home run. <laughs> Lame.